Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. I have a very special guest. My name is Puna Paji. I am Assistant General Counsel at Benny Keith Company in Fort Worth, Texas. And um, I am a labor and employment specialist. I'm board certified in labor and employment law. And um, I've been practicing for almost 10 years now. And I'm really passionate about workplace environments for workers, but for lawyers like us. So I'm excited to talk today. Fantastic. Um, tell us a little bit more about your company um, so that uh, folks know uh, not only what you do there, but uh, you know what is the mission of the company? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Benny Keith Company is a food and alcohol distributor. So um, the company distributes food to mm-hmm. restaurants that people go to, um, beer and other beverages to bars and grocery stores. It's kind of interesting to see the supply chain and understand where everything comes from. Um, We are primarily in Texas and um, the Southeast region of the United States. So if you haven't uh, seen us, you might be up north or on the West Coast. Otherwise, people usually see our trucks on the road and often send me a picture of me like, hey, look, I saw saw your trucks on the road. Um, So, yeah, that is what we do. Of course, I'm here today on my own behalf and speaking on my own opinions, not those of the company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you should live with that. I mean, you're talking about beer, food and other beverages. Um, you know, um, those are exciting things on Friday, especially on Friday. They're always exciting. So the question I ask uh, all my guests, what was the moment when you decided to be a lawyer? That's a great question. Honestly, since I was a little kid, uh, my parents would joke that I would stand on a dining room table chair and like tell these long stories you know, I thought I was like an orator. I was just ready to always talk. So it was kind of like a joke that I should be a lawyer. Um, but truly, being a South Asian woman and the daughter of immigrants, like there weren't a lot of lawyers around, a lot of lawyers in my family to know what that actually looked like. But I kind of had ingrained in my mind that I wanted to be an advocate, that I love public speaking. Um, so it was always in the back of my mind. I was a government major in college and really, really loved learning about policy and precedent and how laws are made. So I thought either policy route or the legal route, but I, I wanted to see what litigation was all about. I wanted to see if I um, you know, wanted to be a litigator. So uh, law school made the most sense next. <laughs> so note to self, be careful, um, you know, what you joke about, because every joke has a little bit of truth and sometimes they actually become true. Um, so as a mother, uh, I, I definitely noted that. Um, so um, did you go in house uh, right after law school or was there other adventures? So I went to a big law firm, Haynes and Boone, um, headquartered in Dallas and um, joined the labor and employment practice there and uh, actually moved over to the Houston office for a while, worked at the Houston office for about three years. So altogether, I probably did about five and a half years in big law. And then I really knew that in-house was the right next step for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had had colleagues who would kind of talk to me about what it looked like. Um, of course, you never really know. But it's kind of one thing that I've learned, but um, I was interested in transitioning and started to really keep my ear to the ground and look for those opportunities. I kind of had a similar pass. I went to big law and then I went in-house. Uh, and when out of law school, I ended up in a big law. I never thought of in-house as an option. Completely stumbled by, by accident. 
uh, when a client reached out to me and invited me to be helpful. How did how did your stumble happen? You know, I was actually we were making kind of a plan as a family on on where we wanted to live long term. We were in Houston, of the city of Houston. Um, but we knew we needed to be back in the DFW Metroplex for the long haul. And so I was kind of thinking through what that looked like. Um, I really enjoyed Haynes and Boone and working there. Um, so I knew that I didn't want to look for another firm. I did end up moving back with Haynes and Boone to Dallas. They were very gracious about all these moves in my life. But in my mind, I had already seen the way that I work better when I click with one client. So I had had a couple of really uh, great clients in the course of the last you know, three years that I was at the firm. Um, and when I worked with some clients, I felt like I was fully integrated and problem solving with them. And I love those projects. And then I would get you know, kind of the one off, hey, the client needs X, Y, and Z quick thing. And, and I was less enthusiastic about the projects. So it helped me see how much I wanted to work with one client more closely. So um, I did what a lot of people do. I started reaching out to friends who were in house and I asked them, how did you do it? Who did you talk to? Some of them circulated my name to recruiters. And then sure enough, a recruiter called me and said, hey, there's this position at this company. It's in food and beverage, um, a small legal team where you would you know, be building out kind of labor and employment uh, department for the in-house team. And it sounded really cool and exciting. And I'm a big foodie. So that's an industry I can understand. <laughs> hey, we all have relationships with food. Uh, you should tell more about where you work because uh, it makes you a lot more relatable. <laughs> yeah. Because we all have relationships with food. Let's talk about career and uh, whether or not, you know, I understand being a South Asian uh, woman and an immigrant. Um, I certainly have a lot of, uh, I can relate to being an immigrant and the, the, the first and only lawyer in my family and the pressures that, that that may entail. Once you became a lawyer and set on this journey, was there sort of unexpected difficulties or things that you did not quite imagine, even though you might have imagined being a lawyer relatively young? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think for me, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, which is a majority minority community. Um, and I was generally the only South Asian in a lot of environments that I was in, the only Indian American. Um, I wasn't usually the only daughter of immigrants, right? Um, in San Antonio, there's a lot of children of immigrants. And um, I, I felt, I don't know, in San Antonio, it's kind of a special city, honestly. I love my hometown because um, I felt it was a very inclusive place. I, I almost think the first time that I realized my minority status was when I went to law school. And it was honestly the first time that I looked around and I was like, huh, okay. Um, there are not people who look like me, not only in the classroom, but whenever we have speakers come in or networking events. And it was the first time that kind of struck me. Um, and it was the first time I got involved in diversity, equity, and inclusion work too. I joined the uh, Asian Pacific American Law Student Association at SMU and, you know, was president of that organization when I was there. And then ever since then, I've done diversity bar work. Um, so it kind of just told me like, hey, this is something in the legal community specifically that we need to um, work on the pipeline, but also just make sure we're building an inclusive profession. Yeah, yeah. It does start in law school. Um, you get a feeling 
even if uh, your class is uh, is representative who the practitioners are very quickly through speakers and stuff like that. Having that experience and, um, and going through, um, you know, from law school to big law to in-house department, um, have you um, ever looked back and maybe had regrets about the choice you made or thoughts about that there might have been a better choice? The question is really kind of what motivated me to, to pin down this topic, right, of, of loving your job versus loving your work, because there have been various times in my career where I've had to ask myself, you know, was I really meant to be a lawyer and was I really meant to be a corporate lawyer? And, you know, how do, how do you end up kind of where you are and, and was I intentional enough? And I have a lot of really great friends too, and, and who kind of dwell on this question as well. And, um, I would say definitely early in my career, probably every you know few months, you kind of have a crisis of identity where you're like, what have I done to myself? What am I doing in this profession? Maybe I'm just not even meant to be here. Um, and so I wanted to talk about that because I, I think sometimes we get very bogged down with, um, you know, I'm supposed to be doing something I, I love. I'm supposed to be pursuing my passion. And here I am you know, logging in hours or, or whatever, whatever it is in, in big law that sometimes kind of feels like a drag and you're asking yourself, is this even the right path for me? Uh, that, that's a big pressure question. Uh, am I meant to be a lawyer? Am I meant to be a corporate lawyer? And answering that question, you know, a few months, even in the first couple of years of your practice, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And I think a lot of um, young lawyers particularly add that pressure onto themselves in addition to what is really grueling work at that time and, and what's kind of a mental strain, right? Because when you join, I always tell people like law school, right, has its, uh, it can be tough. The bar exam can be tough, but the hardest part is definitely the first few years of practice where you're really learning, teaching yourself, um, and, and trying to prove yourself all at one time. And so the learning curve is really, really crazy. And then a lot of us are also kind of questioning, like, am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Did I let go of my passions along the way? Um, and so I, I kind of wanted to talk about this to encourage people to reframe that question for themselves. So the first time, or, you know, the first two times you asked that question, what was, what was the answer? How did my you <laughs> yeah, my answer, honestly, back then was definitely just do this for a couple years, you know, learn as much as you can. This is a really great opportunity. And I'd kind of give myself my, that pep talk of just do it for three years. I remember when I thought, I'll just do this for three years and then I'll find something else. And I, I don't know if I thought that something else was going to be um, something that was more in line with pro bono work or something that was more in line with community service, like things that I felt like would give me this strong sense of purpose in life. Um, and so I kind of kept telling myself, there's just, there's just a timeline on this and, you know, there's an expiration date to, to all of this. Um, but, but over time, I really started to see how you can integrate these different elements into your life more fully without putting all of that pressure on what your job is, right? What you actually get your paycheck for. I think we use for job, passion, calling interchangeably. Um, and we also have expectations that we need to have it all at once. Um, 
and uh, we sort of normalize that. Um, that's a very high standard. It's a, it's, a, um, and it's a very high standard in the first few years of your practice. And even today, to some extent, I, I have moments where I have to reconcile it, you know, 15 plus years after law school. So how do you, how do you think about this question? So just like what you said, I mean, your passion and your profession don't have to be completely equal. So the way that I start to think about it is I want to I want to go to a job every day where I get along with folks, where I'm respected, where I'm doing work that uh, helps challenge me, helps me learn that. I mean, that's almost like a bonus. But the main goal is go to a job every day where you are respected, you're treated well, um, and, and, you know, it feels good to wake up and, and have kind of something to do every day, quite frankly. And honestly, that message also to me is, is a more widespread one, right? People all around this country and this world are waking up every day and going to work. Um, not everybody can be like, I just love what I do every day. But everyone, if they can say, I'm going to a job where I'm treated fairly, I'm doing work that I can feel like is contributing in some way, right? Every single job contributes in some way. It's a much more equitable message and a much more reasonable message. And one that I can really um, not only champion for myself, but for workers everywhere. It's a privilege to, to be able uh, to, um, to have a job and your calling to be one and the same um, at all times. You know, this life and this career is long. Um, and uh, and sometimes it is one and the same if you're lucky and sometimes it may not. Yeah. And, and I'll be very honest. One of the things that I have found, which I'm very lucky about is that I found a job that has a good amount of balance. So a job that respects boundaries and time, a good, you know, to a good extent, I, as an attorney, you always kind of have to be ready to work if you need to on nights and weekends. But for the most part, our company culture isn't like that, which is great. And, and so if, if, if you can find ways to build your passions into your spare time, um, that can definitely help you build out that life that you feel like your passions are met. And really, you know, your passions, maybe your community, your friends, your family, going out to eat. I mean, that is a passion and a vacation. Like, that's a passion. Yeah. I, I also think it's demanding from your job that, um, that it's your passion. Uh, it, it, it's, it's sort of like me expecting that my husband is, is satisfied every need I have. You know, he's a great companion and, you know, he has many virtues, but he also has some vices, you know. He's like really not good at this thing called shoe shopping. Um, in fact, it irritates him and uh, it brings the worst in him. Um, you know, he has a few others. I'm balanced. I think I'm well married and I love the choices I made. But just because he's not good at shoe shopping doesn't mean I'm going to divorce the guy. Um, and in the same way, you know, I often, you know, have this conversation with folks actually in the beginning, middle, and end of their career. They find one or two things they don't love about their job. They then, they then tell me that it's not necessarily their passion, therefore, and therefore they have to, you know, quit and find another job. And, and you know, and, and maybe sometimes you do, you know, if you are in an abusive situation and it really doesn't work for you, yeah, that's, that's one option to do this. What, what are your thoughts about having passions on a, in addition to your job, not um, as part of your job? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people end up being like, I just don't have time. I don't have time for hobbies. Um, 
And, and uh, I think that actually has a little bit to do with this uh, do what you love and, and, you know, hustle hard kind of culture that we're living in is that part of the way that people measure how much you love your job is how many hours you devote to it. So people brag about working a 70 hour week and then ask themselves why they don't have time for hobbies that might actually rejuvenate them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's going to require a shift maybe culturally, but also like individually, you just really have to decide what is your passion. And it doesn't have to be, gosh, now I have to take on a hobby on top of everything else, right? Your passion might be, spending time watching Netflix with your family. Like I, I'm very much about the realistic, you know, real life passions, the things that actually are bringing happiness every day and giving yourself uh, more time for that. And your job isn't going to give you that. It's, it's definitely not. I mean, there's no way your job is going to give you um, space to do those things. So you, you have to make it. Yeah. The passion for the life will live. Right. And uh, that means good night's sleep. That means uh, meals with your family. That means, uh, you know, depending who you are, spending more or less time with your kids uh, or your husband, um, who may or may not like shoe shopping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, one of the comments from the audience is uh, around, uh, you know, giving yourself permission of, and understanding that your job would fulfill some of your passions, but maybe not all. Uh, what, uh, practically speaking, what, uh, you know, do you have any tips that you personally feel work really well for you in, uh, in kind of reaching the happiness um, professionally? Or you've seen other examples uh, that uh, really, you know, bring passion and life and allow your, your work to support it? Yeah, I mean, I guess my first tip is almost just on this whole mindset when you're going to work. I think if people start to ask themselves more of, do I like who I'm working with? Do I like the teams that I'm working with? Um, and do I feel like I'm being respected at work? Like those are probably really important questions. And if those aren't happening, like you kind of said at one point, like if you're actually in a work environment that's abusive or you know you're being harassed at work or anything like that that's a then then you need to uh then yeah this conversation isn't really about you that have, you have a different problem right right you have a different problem yeah but problem. <laughs> yeah but if you're in a space where you're you're respected and and you're in a good team i mean i just read a study that 70 percent of workers said friendship at work is the most important part of job satisfaction for them so, you know, consider like, okay, actually, I'm pretty satisfied. Like maybe just change your frame of reference on how satisfied you are. Are you living out your calling? Have you found your passion and you've monetized it in a career? That's not really the question, right? And so once you change the question for yourself, you're almost automatically going to be happier and more satisfied and take some stress off of your spirit to maybe find some time for those lighthearted passions. Yeah, um, you know, I, I see that Annie Little uh, wrote uh, a very interesting uh, remark, which I actually kind of want to get your feedback on uh, about, um, you know, making um, a requirement of fun. Um, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so I, I will tell a personal story here because when I started my food blog, it was it was totally for fun. I was, you know, living by myself in Houston, a new city known for food. And I was like, you know what, I'll just um, start food blogging. And, 
Um, mostly it's on Instagram, um, but I was writing a little bit on an actual blog too. And I caught myself starting to be like, let me make a content schedule for this. And, you know, let me make a plan for how I'm going to take this food blog, you know, to the next level. And and then I had to wonder like, wait, why did I start this in the first place? It was because I was in a new city and exploring something just for fun. And I couldn't believe how quickly I had made it something stressful for myself. Um, and really the world around kind of pressures you to do that. Like I genuinely felt like I was like, I need to figure out all the right hashtags to do this, you know, need to make sure I'm getting enough likes. I, I still have it. I don't even use hashtags and I don't really measure likes. It's genuinely just kind of like my food journal. And it's so much more fun once I reset and reminded myself that this was just for fun and that's perfectly okay. How long have you been doing it? I think I've been doing it since 2015. So uh, quite a while. Yeah. How do you feel about the fact that you're not monetizing it? Oh gosh, I'm so grateful. <laughs> You're like, that's fine, Olga. That's fine. <laughs> yes. No, really. I mean, I so sometimes I get messages, you know, on do you want to promote this thing or do you want to become a partner on this? And I, at first I was like, I don't even know what these messages mean. Um, but but it helped me kind of reflect and be like, wait, this was genuinely just for fun. I like cooking for fun. I like eating out for fun. Um, and I think that's you know, we almost have to protect our fun right now because we really do live in a time where everything is expected to be an LLC, a side hustle. You know, everyone's like, oh, I'm sure you've got some other hustle on the side to get you out of your corporate job. You know, there's all these um, ideas out there. And when I tell people like, no, I, I genuinely do all of that stuff because I want to, there's almost a level of like skepticism around it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's worth it to remind that, you know, fish swim because they can and birds fly because they can. And, you know, sometimes you do a food blog because you can and there doesn't have to be an agenda behind it. There doesn't necessarily have to be a monetization uh, involved. It could be just because you can and you love it and, and, and it feels good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't want to discourage, like I, I almost needed to give a disclaimer. I don't want to discourage people who want to pursue their passions as a financial um, goal. You know, if you want to make that a, a, a goal for yourself, but I just want to give lawyers, especially, and a lot of young professionals that work really, really hard and tirelessly. And quite frankly, on that equity piece, everyday workers going to any job that are feeling this sense of, I didn't get to do my passion. Um, you know, your, your, what you love, it, it can be your family. It can be your community. It can be yourself and your spirit. You know, that is what you love. You don't have to love the work that you're doing. Yeah. And there's something to be said about, you know, the things that you may love is being of service, um, being an integral part of society, uh, exactly. you know, serving the needs of folks in your community doing the right thing there's just many reasons to get up in the morning that may not involve necessarily you know every part of your job there it's okay to love parts of your job or impact it has but maybe not necessarily every detail of, of what you do that that's that's again a, a, a little too much pressure yeah no absolutely and like you know uh, somebody who works at a coffee shop for example might just love the daily interactions right more so than making 
um, and a, you know, a latte over and over. Right. So exactly what you're saying, like your, your work can be about getting up, going to work with a team and being part of society. And, and I'm, I'm putting the onus on us when I'm like, give yourself space to do that. Um, but I think, I think this is really a question about our culture and our society too, that are we giving space for that? And can we do more by, by stopping so much of that, like hustle hard, um, you know, culture that we're, that we're in right now. Like, and, and, and I'm the first to kind of like, I almost brag sometimes about how much I try not to, um, I try very hard not to brag about the days that I've worked extra hours or, you know, Oh, I opened up my laptop and turned out this on a Sunday. Like, let's just stop making that something of a badge of honor so that we can really um, stop comparing to each other in that way. And I, I think lawyers are particularly guilty of that. Yeah. I, I love the, the, the thought of allowing space for fun um, and just for being there um, and enjoying life um, and um, sit with it. Um, I think it's, um, it's a good thought. So yes, do you allow your um, your your space for fun or life? You know, this was a fantastic conversation, and uh, you know, as somebody who's in law, who um, you know, um, many of us have been working hard our entire life, um, well before we got into law, and probably for the entire law career. Um, I love the message of, of allowing fun and creating space and being there. So thank you so much for joining me this Friday. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks everyone for joining and definitely create some space for fun. Bye everyone.